0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I'm beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Today, we have our executive pastor on staff, Matt Pyland, talking about our LDG, leadership development culture that we have here on staff at Bethlehem Church. Matt, welcome to the podcast.
1: Great to be with you, Angela. Everybody else listening?
0: Thanks so much for listening, and and thanks so much for joining us today, because one of the things that I—I'm kind of new to Bethlehem Um, staff—one of the things that I found really cool when I started working here was the leadership development culture that you and Pastor Jason have really helped develop here for the staff, and I'm—I feel so fortunate and really blessed because I'm—I constantly feel like you guys are pouring into us, uh, helping us grow and 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 develop as leaders. So, most people, I guess, you wouldn't know that. Um, it's kind of an internal thing, unless you're—you mm-hmm. know—unless uh, you worked here on staff, you wouldn't know. So, talk a little bit about that and 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 the LDG. Uh, you know, the culture that you guys have helped create here.
1: Sure. Yeah. You know, one of the things that um, Jason and I are both passionate about uh, is leadership. And really at its core, leadership is influence. And so we believe that the more influence somebody has, then uh, the more leadership ability God has given them, uh, the more that they can lead people, hopefully, to a healthy place and healthy outcomes. So one of the things that we created here is a culture where we are pouring, just as you said, into our staff. And so the idea is that you attend once a month uh, what we call our leadership developing group. Uh, That's led by myself. Uh, Pastor Jason uh, leads an all-staff group once a month as well. So we like to say if his is more heart and vision, Mine is more nuts and bolts mm-hmm. of what does it mean to, to be a leader? How do we lead other people? And so one of the things that we always say is you you lead with uh, one ear for your own personal leadership mm-hmm. and the other ear for those that you lead. And the idea is, just as you said, just to pour more into people uh, so that we are um, really constant learners Mm. and developers we're getting better at our craft we're getting better at our calling and ultimately so that we can help raise the the bar and raise the level for those who who we lead and so that's the idea around it
0: that's so cool i've been thinking a lot about um you know as i've been working here and uh how how much needed that is and how very few, there's really the, I can't think of many other organizations or avenues where there is a consistent leadership development in our culture. You know, I mean, I can't really think of any.
1: Yeah. And, you know, part of that is the history uh, from where Jason and I come from, mm-hmm. uh, very much of a leadership-based culture. Uh, so, but personally, I remember even early on in my, uh, my calling, uh, I remember a young pastor, early 20s, passionate about leadership. So I would read books on leadership, but it was all things that I learned myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the places that I had the, the privilege of working with were, were amazing. But one of the things that, that wasn't developed is my leadership potential. Mm-hmm. And so anything that I learned, I learned myself through books, uh, and you know, we didn't have podcasts back then, which are <laughs> right. really cool now, but, uh, some of those things were audible, uh, uh mm-hmm. books and, you know, you used to get tapes or CDs back then, right? Yeah. Cassettes. That was, that's what you had. Yeah, cassettes. <laughs> and uh, now it's obviously, you know, push of a button, digital, all that stuff, which makes um, knowledge more accessible, mm-hmm. which is what we're doing right now. And so, uh, but we didn't have that back then. Yeah. And so yeah. I was really hungry as an early leader just to to have somebody pour into me.
0: That what you just said too. I, I want to kind of drive home that point. You you did a lot of it on your own, and mm-hmm. you did, and that's that is kind of the culture that we have outside of our church. You know, it's like we we're kind of stumbling or kind of trying to go it go it alone. Right. And so that's what I love about that. You know, creating that internally within the church uh, to help d- uh, leaders develop and grow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, we we were just talking about this on. Uh, Tuesday because Mm -hmm. we had our LDG on Tuesday leadership, um, uh, development group. And so one of the things that we talked about is, um, my leadership calling now is a little different than it was 20 years ago Mm. in ministry. In fact, 20 years ago, as a young student pastor, I wanted to pour into people who had leadership potential. Mm. And I would say in my forties, almost mid forties. Now, uh, my desire is to pour into people who are leaders and to develop them, to become leaders of leaders. And that's, that's kind of my focus now. So actually, lead a small group of men, and mm-hmm. we meet every other week and teach about uh, biblical leadership, spiritual leadership in the home, uh, our businesses, our calling, uh, being fathers, uh, being husbands. And among our staff, you know, the thing that I get the most pleasure in is watching it click for our staff, watching mm-hmm. their uh, the boat rise. So I, really, this is the way I picture it. If, this may not be a perfect analogy, Angela, but the way I picture it is is when the tide rise, the boat, the boats rise mm-hmm. naturally. Yeah. So like, I want the tide, you know, of leadership in our culture to to rise constantly. Yeah. And that takes work, that takes effort. It doesn't happen uh, by itself. In fact, my wife will tell you I'm a constant learner. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in the shower, I'm listening to a podcast. If I'm, you know, in my car, I'm listening to a podcast. I'm looking for ways uh, to constantly to develop and grow mm-hmm. because the only way you can pour into other people is if you personally are growing. That's right. And so I've got to lead the pack in that. When it comes to staff, and Pastor Jason's even you know ahead of me. I try to catch up with Jason. I can't. He just <laughs> he he's so quick, so fast. Uh, so I'm chasing him, and hopefully everybody else is chasing me. Mm-hmm. That's just the mm-hmm. way that I view it. And we yeah. we definitely have some self discipline, uh, super smart staff members who are constantly working on their own. Personal leadership as well outside of here.
0: Well, that's awesome because you guys really do set that standard, and it does it does trickle down, and it makes the the people that work here and the the developing leaders want to you know, want to pursue that as well. Yeah. That's so, good. and there's a lot of I mean I see this more now than ever before. Um, you know, you see kind of on social media or in you hear it in podcasts. There is a little more buzz now than I think ever before than about creating a healthy team culture. Mm-hmm. So. That's what we're going to talk about. And let's talk about what that means exactly and why it's so important.
1: Yeah, well, team culture is everything. You know, the reality is uh, there are a lot of teams that have talented people. Um, let, let's use the sports analogy. There, there, are plenty of basketball teams that have a lot of talent, mm. and but if they're not working together as a team, they're never going to achieve their potential outcome. Mm-hmm. And so you got to learn to uh, to be a healthy team. And part of that is anticipating uh, the people you work with, what they're thinking, where right. they're where they're going. Uh, part of that is is the fact that you are a uh, constantly um, lifting them up when they're down because mm-hmm. none of us are having a good day every day, up right? All the
0: time. <laughs> uh, there's
1: some people that smile and laugh and say they're having a great day, but deep down inside they're not. Um, mm-hmm. and there's some people, like I say, on Sunday morning, sometimes they'll run you off the road and maybe I'm one of those guys <laughs> if you're in their way. So, um, you know, I think a healthy team culture, I mean, when you wake up in the morning and you go, man, I, I get to go to work, I get to go to the place that I'm at today. Yeah. Like, That tells me like there's something in the water there. There's something that's healthy there. And that's what we all want to be a part of, right? None of us want to get in our cars, drive to our places of work. Some of you are probably doing this right now. And there's some that you're really, really excited to arrive at your destination to jump into your work. There's some of you really, really honest. You're like, it's a bad culture. It's a bad team culture. Now, there's some of us that are on these teams and uh, we're just a... A part of it. In other words, we're not the the head. Mm-hmm. We're not the leader among leaders. We're, we're not the point guard, if you would. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just playing a position. And that's, that's a tough place to be. Mm-hmm. But there's some of us that are listening to this, and we lead these teams. And if we're really, really honest, the teams that we're leading aren't healthy teams. And we need to ask ourselves why, because it starts with us.
0: Wow. That's really good. So that leads us actually to our next question. It's a perfect segue. So the first place to start in order to have a healthy team, you must have a healthy you. Right. Is that correct? Right. So talk about that and talk about you kind of came up with this analogy of a baseball diamond and uh, and talk about how where it starts with you.
1: Yeah, and the baseball diamond's been used a lot, uh, a lot of different ways, but I was thinking about this when we were talking about it. You know, a lot of people think when you think team culture, you think first base.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The reality is, team culture is not first base, team culture is second base. Mm. First base is a healthy you. Yep. So, a healthy you is first base. Right. So, in order to have a healthy team, You have to be healthy Mm -hmm. because a team consists of people. It consists of players. It it consists of staff. And if we are not healthy, then the team is not going to be healthy. Right. And so one of the things that we kind of talk about here is you got to, you got to pay attention to you. Mm -hmm. So you got to be a healthy person because healthy people lead to healthy teams, Mm -hmm. healthy teams lead to third base, healthy organizations, Yep. And healthy organizations lead to really uh, scoring, extraordinary right. results, right. reaching our potential, uh, what we all hope to run the bases around. And that, those pieces are all important. So it starts with you. That's first base. Mm-hmm. Second base is the team. Uh, third base is healthy organization. Yeah. And if you're that, you're going you're gonna to achieve extraordinary results.
0: So what are some of the fundamentals, would you say, of creating a healthy you? For somebody that's maybe new to this and they've never thought about, wow, I got to start with myself, what would you tell them? Share some personal and practical examples.
1: Yeah, so this is good. And even since we've talked about this, uh, there's some more things that I think um, have, have come to my mind. You know, I think in the spiritual the spiritual realm, the spiritual walk, um, you know, I'll, I'll get my nerdy... Um, my nerdy self here for a second because every every once in a while I like to go there. So we have justification, sanctification, glorification. Justification okay. is is when we become Christ followers. God, yep. We're justified. Right. In other words, Christ paid the payment. So after that, we call that sanctification, which is being more conformed in the image of Christ. Right,
0: the process. The
1: process of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a messy process. I, I've even preached on this before. Like it's, a, you know, sometimes when we do a renovation, it looks worse in the middle than yes. it did at the beginning. Yeah, right. But sure. ultimately, what we hope is that we get to a place of glorification. Now, glorification is when we die and we're in heaven. Right. <laughs> and that's when we're finally made perfect. And who we are. So when we talk about, you know, we talk about sanctification here. I think it's so mm-hmm. uh, important because it's working on you. Mm-hmm. It's becoming more conformed to the image of Christ. Yes, and that starts with a healthy soul. Mm. Uh, I read this actually this morning. I thought it was such a good analogy. Uh, sailboats are created to uh, to be. Uh, able to right them, right size themselves in a storm. Hmm. So if they're turned over, then then they will actually because of the kill at the bottom, and if that's the, I think that's the right word. So somebody might correct me here, but they'll they'll actually right size themselves. That's the way they're designed. Okay. Now the reason why they do that is because there's more weight at the bottom underneath the water than the top. Mm. So if you think about huh. it this way, and again another thing we talked about on Tuesday. A lot of times, it's not the season that you're going through; it's you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's you, right? Because we can't control the seasons, we can't control the storms. That's right. It's you. Mm -hmm. You are something you can control. You can't control the diagnosis. You can't control the fact that you got the pink slip. You can't control. There's a lot of things you can't control, but what you can control is a healthy you. Right. And so, if you think about that sailboat, you think about the weight. If there's more weight at the bottom, underneath the surface, than on the top, then no matter what happens, the boat your life will right size. That's awesome. So paying attention to your soul, the weight of your soul Mm -hmm. matters. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that weight underneath, in other words, if you aren't more inside who you are, Mm -hmm. than you are outside what you achieve. You're in trouble. Yeah. And when the storms come, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to drown. Yeah. So, I do a lot back porch and, you know, I've got a chair in the winter and on, on this, this is my favorite time of the year. Cause I sit on my back porch in the morning mm-hmm. and I read and what I'm working on is a healthy me. Mm. That's what I'm working on first. Yeah. That's spiritual connection with my heavenly father.
0: Mm. And that's like a, is that a daily kind of morning quiet time? Yeah.
1: For me, it's a morning thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want me to give you my routine? Sure. Typically, um, I'm not a morning person. So if you're, if you're listening to this, and you're like, I'm not a morning person. I'll give it five in the morning. I can raise my hand. That's not who I am naturally either. But here's what I do know. I need to work hard to try to beat my kids up mm-hmm. and not beat them up. That sounds <laughs> terrible. So beat them out of bed. That's what I meant to say right there. So it's not the other, I promise. But sometimes I want to, but that's not, that's not the case. And so, you know, what I love to do is I sit down and there's... So right now uh, I'm reading through the Bible. I don't do this every year, Mm -hmm. uh, but about every other year, about every three years, sometimes I'll I'll read through the Bible. Last year, I took a long... every single day I took a, um, uh, part of the Psalm mm. Psalms and we were, I worked through the Psalms in a year. Yeah. And so it was very inductive is very uh, long, but it, it, it was, it was intense. Yeah. It was really fun. And so this year I'm doing the Bible. In fact, challenged many of our staff who are mm-hmm. doing it with us and reading through the Bible. And we're having some great conversations along the way on that. Yep. So I'll, I'll read, uh, I'll, I will, I'm not the best journaler. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, Man, some of you are journalers, and you write everything down, and you're phenomenal at that. Uh, I I could do a better job. I do have I do have prayer lists and things that I work on and pray for, and but um, then I usually read a chapter of a book a day, mm-hmm. and so whatever like a, that is,
0: whatever kind of book, whatever like, bo-
1: bo- whatever book. I mean, it's not yeah. going to be a fictional, but it's going to be a like a a spiritual yeah. uh, development in, book. Development or, book. Mm-hmm. So. Um, uh, right now, Gordon McDonald's, a book I'm reading through and, um, it's an older book mm-hmm. called, uh, the life God blesses. And, hmm. you know, that, that, that is, I read a chapter this morning, back porch, read a chapter of the day, yeah. a day. So if you're not a reader and I'm honestly, I read a decent amount of books, um, but I'm not a reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to a lot of audible books, but if you read a chapter a day, you'd be surprised how much. You can actually read. So
0: true. It's so true. You can knock books out. And in, in, in a chapter a day is really not that much. It takes maybe, what, 10, 15 minutes? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
1: Now, w- I, when you're reading the Bible, there's a few things I do. Read, think, pray, live. Okay. Read. So read. Mm-hmm. Then think about it, with God's saying, and you pray about it. Like, what does it mean? Yeah. What does this mean for me? And then you live it.
0: How do you live it out? How do you yeah. live it out?
1: That That's the way I read my Bible. Read, think, pray, live. That's awesome. Um, and then have a time of prayer.
0: Yeah. So that's incredible. And would you say that, you know, creating a healthy you, there's also, you know, I mean, there's that kind of like a, you know, make sure your mental, physical, you know, emotional, all of that stuff is kind of being taken care of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the physical, the spiritual and the mental are all intimately connected. Right. So part of of being spiritually healthy is being physically healthy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I'm not physically active, Mm -hmm. then I find that, uh, I struggle in the spiritual realm as well. And so those, I do think those two things are connected. Now it doesn't mean you have to do CrossFit. You can go for a walk, (laughs) you know, you can just have some consistency. For sure. Right. So and for those of you, this, this is a little great trick. So maybe you walk and you're not a reader, but you listen to books Mm. and you go to Audible and you're like, I need to listen or I need to read more books. Go for a long walk, put your headphones in and listen to a book. Right. And right. you do that every morning, and you do a little bit. You, you'd be shocked of how much you can grow.
0: That's awesome. That's really good and really practical. I'm I'm thinking of um the is it Soul Keeping by Ortberg. Yeah, one uh, of my favorites. Yeah, that's a great book, a great resource. Um, you know, taking care of yourself, which is exactly what we're what we're talking about right. here. So, okay, those are great. And so what are some essentials then of, if, if you're taking care of yourself and you're building and developing yourself, what then, how do we go to the next step of a, uh, the, kind of the essentials of building a healthy team?
1: Sure. Well, second base. So, you know, uh, when I think of a healthy team, there's some words that come to mind. Okay. Uh, trust, right? You got to mm-hmm. be able to trust each other. For sure. Um, authenticity. This is another one. I mean, you, you want to know, uh, that they are who they say they are, you know, and that they're real people. Um, I think character Mm
0: -hmm. integrity
1: is kind of built around that. Uh, one of the things that we talk about around here, I think levity is a big one. Like you got to (laughs) be able to laugh together for sure. You know? And I think that's very, very important. Mm -hmm. Like even in meetings, like we allow laughter, like it's important, you know, and it's, it's an important moment. And, you know, there have been times where I've just said, we need to stop. We need to laugh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now we jump back on. So we work hard. We play hard. But I think levity among a team, I mean, just laughing together is important. It's part of, if you're laughing together, it's probably there, there, there is some dynamic, your team, that's probably healthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I would say, you know, obviously the end of the day, competency Mm -hmm. is important. Because you can, I mean, you can all get along great, but right. if you're not achieving anything, you're not, um, you're, you're not, um, you're not winning. Then that's a problem. Yeah, people are. That's going to erode trust there uh, as well. Uh, chemistry, connection, is really a part of those things too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think those things don't happen by accident.
0: Yeah, it takes you have work. to work on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, would you say, and and I think one of the things that Bethlehem does really well is that there's this really great balance uh, between, you know, making sure that there is a priority on having fun, um, but also being productive. So how, how do you guys manage that?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, you think about a job, you spend Probably as much, if not more, time around the people at work that you do your own home. Right. Uh, right. So you better care for it well. Mm-hmm. And you, you again, you need to enjoy being around them. So I mean, we're obviously a very driven staff mm-hmm. that starts at the top. Jason is very driven. Um, I'm a driven person, and so we we know that we're going to set the bar high. And we're going to push our staff. Right but we don't want to break our staff. Right. Uh normally the people that we hire they know like you don't get a job here at Bethlehem Church unless you're 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 a forward thinker and you're a hard worker. Mm. Uh, because you're just the the bar is already too high. Yeah. You know, I compare it to uh if you if you work here and you if you're listening to this and you work at McDonald's, I apologize this I love McDonald's. I eat it way more than I should. But there's a difference <laughs> between McDonald's and and Chick-fil-A. a mm-hmm. Like when I show up at Chick-fil-A, like I have a different uh, expectation? expectation. Yeah. At Chick fil A than I do McDonald's. For sure. Now, I probably eat McDonald's, you know, a pretty decent amount. Uh, <laughs> it's but because you're kids, right? It, <laughs> probably because, again, I actually secretly love McDonald's. <laughs> but. You know, my expectation around customer service and other things are a little bit different. Right. Like, because you know that culture, mm. it's got a reputation, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I do think when you come on staff at Bethlehem, there's already a reputation among the staff and you pick up very quickly that you get, you got to rise. Right. You know, um, but with that, we try to create some fun. So one example of mm-hmm. this is, I think it was just last week or two weeks ago, we had a staff outing. Yeah. And so we, two days before, uh, we sent out an all staff email and just said, "Hey, clear your calendars, move, move, whatever you have. This is not optional. We're going to go have a good time." Right. And we did. Right. We didn't talk about church. Uh, we had we had lunch together, and we went, and we had a really, really good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Now Sunday is always coming. Right. And Sunday Sunday was coming, and everybody's going to get their work to get done, and and all. Um, which, by the way, church doesn't just happen one day a week, right? <laughs> so that's yeah. that's the the Sundays. common thought is that pastors work one day a week, which right. is always great. I wish it was that way. I really, really, really wish it was that way. But
0: now there's a lot that happens in between a lot that <laughs> happens. Sundays,
1: you know, one of the things we always say and this, true: if, if someone makes something look easy, it's because they're doing something behind That's, the scenes yes. that you don't see.
0: So true. Yeah. So, so true. So, okay. So what would you say to those who are currently leading teams? Um, that, that maybe want to build their team culture or and, and want to kind of boost their own leadership development in their culture? What would you say to them?
1: Yeah, here's where I start. Want more for them than from them. Mm-hmm. People know when you want more for them than from them. Uh, I would think that our staff, and I could be wrong about this, but I think the vast majority, if you were to poll our staff, they know that we want more for them than from them. They don't feel used. They don't feel like we're using them to achieve uh, results. And then we would cast them aside when we do that. Like we actually care about them. Absolutely. And so I think if you are a leader and you're listening to this and you have, you have a team, whether that's a a large team or a small team, does your team know that you care about them? Mm. Uh, So one of the things that I do, in fact, I did three or four this morning already, uh, is handwritten notes. Mm. And there are little things that you can do. Just, hey, I saw this, thought it was amazing. Sometimes those are happy birthday. at your birthday. Uh, sometimes uh, it's just a word of encouragement I think somebody needs. Yeah. What that says to people is they care about me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, it goes back to that, that old statement. I don't know who first came up with it. I know Maxwell kind of, John Maxwell made it famous, but people don't care what you know until they know that you care. That's good. Um, when they know that you care... And you've built that bridge, that relational bridge that can bear the weight of truth. Mm -hmm. Then you you are starting to work towards a healthy team. Mm. But I think you have to know your players. You got to know who you got to know their strengths. You got to know their weaknesses. Not everybody's gonna uh, again have a good day. You got to know when they're down. You got to be able to pick them up. Uh, You got to be able to uh, to praise them when they are are doing a really really good job. And you got to celebrate wins. Yeah. Stop. Celebrate a win. Right. Um, I know in the corporate world, uh, things are very bottom line a lot of times. So mm-hmm. it's like there's a number, and if you if you don't achieve this, then it's that. And right. I get that, and I think those things are okay. I think those things are important. I don't want to minimize that. Uh, but as a leader, you got to live in the tension, and I think it's 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 not a problem to be solved. It's a tension to manage. Mm-hmm. Where you got to go, okay, listen, we want to achieve this. This is really, really important, but we're going to do it in a way that we're all still going to have our souls in the end.
0: Right, that's so good. And you're going
1: to have your family in the end. Right. And you got to figure that out.
0: Hmm. That's really good. So would you say that 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 comes kind of with time or practice or just, you know, that that figuring out how to achieve, uh, but also... Keep your soul.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Again, not to, you know, rewind the tape, but again, I think it starts with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: if you are a healthy person, Mm -hmm. then, then you're Mm -hmm. not, you're not out to, uh, to take from people. You're out to fill them. You're about to fill their cup. You're not, you're not trying to pour everything out of their cup and drain them. You're, you're trying to, you're trying to fill their cup.
0: It's kind of reminds me of what we talked about on Tuesday about, um, you know, the leadership It's it's when you are developing leaders, it's, you know, leadership is not about you. It's about pouring into others and helping others reach their potential.
1: Correct. And Correct. Seeing so others succeed. One of the things that we always say around here, it's not what you achieve. It's who you achieve it through.
0: Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. And what that, what that does is that, that minimizes me trying to achieve something. So if Angela, if you're my boss and you go, you know, I'm trying to impress you and I come with a list of things, look what I've done. Mm -hmm. If you do that in our culture, what we would ask you is, who have you done it through? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because ultimately the calling around ministry, and I think, I think this is something you can take away in the corporate world as well, is you know, we are to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. So right. we're going to do it through people. But if you're a leader, there's only so much you can do by yourself. That's but if, right. you, if you're actually working and in in pouring into people, then you're maximizing your potential mm. there. Uh, that because, is so good. you know, I think you and I were talking about the dark side of leadership. Mm-hmm. The dark side of leadership is that yeah. I get to rush in at the last minute and, and be the hero be when the everything's hero. falling apart. Exactly, That's bad leadership. Mm hmm. It really is because you haven't done the hard work of creating a healthy team culture.
0: Right. And it takes it for, for one thing, it's healthier for you to, you know, to, to rely on others. Right. And it really takes some of the pressure, a lot of the pressure off when you are relying on others and working together as a team instead of trying to be the hero.
1: Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And it
0: makes your, makes the whole thing a lot more fun and enjoyable. So, yeah. So that's great. So this was uh, this was not a question I uh, sent you ahead of time. So it's pop quiz. Um, What is we talk about what's on the horizon for LDG and, and kind of do you have anything that you want to share about, you know, what's kind of what the future of LDG looks like here at Bethlehem?
1: Yeah, so leadership development groups are starting to pour out among uh, our people as mm-hmm. well. Uh, in fact, some of you listening to this may be a part of a leadership development group, and those are kind of nine month groups, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you're doing a book of month, and you're uh, I mean you're really diving in, and you're you know it, it's work, um, and you're meeting uh, for not just thirty minutes, but a couple hours and mm. you're asking some hard questions about your leadership and your family and all, you know, uh, the other aspects of your life. Uh, so I would love to see that continue to grow. Uh, I don't know what the number, I think we've had over a hundred, maybe 150 that have gone through that now. So my ultimate goal That's is great. that for our, for our, for our leadership development group, for our staff is that they are developing others
0: mm-hmm.
1: and those people are developing other people because ultimately what do we, the Great Commission is our calling.
0: That's right. Like, it's
1: not like we're out trying to figure out, like, what is our calling? Our calling is to go and make disciples mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: of all nations, right? right? Right. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is our calling. So we've already been given it to, you know, given it by God. So yeah. we just got to go, what does that look like for our context and for who we are? Mm-hmm. Well, ultimately, that's what I want to see, is I want to see, like, um, w- disciples becoming disciple makers, mm. And we're doing some really—I mean, kind of behind-the-scenes thing. Uh, yeah. We're we're doing a lot of hard work, you know this, yes. and we have any—we'll give you the inside, like a little inside peek at this. But we're working on a thing called the Compass right now that mm-hmm. will be incredibly important for the future of Bethlehem Church. We believe, yep. um, around discipleship and disciple making.
0: Really, really, really tool. excited
1: uh, about this. Uh, Kevin Miller, who's on uh, staff now, just brings a wealth of, of knowledge and he's he's championing as part of that for us um, and really picking up the ball. We are, and we've been working on this for over a year mm-hmm. and COVID, COVID kind of sacks some of this. But we we've even been able to work at some of this outside of that. And, you know, um, man, we it just, we want to create a healthy healthy culture. Right. I see myself as pastoring our staff. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that I shepherd the staff, that they're healthy people.
0: Yeah. Well... As one of those staff members, you do a great job of doing that. So well, thank you. I appreciate you. it. Thank I you. appreciate it. And that's why we wanted to highlight kind of that, what, what goes on uh, behind the scenes here at Bethlehem. And one of the things that I love so much about working here and being on staff is that I'm constantly uh, being poured into. So thank you for all that you do.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for all you do.
0: Well, thank you for your kind words. And again, for creating this environment to do what we do here. So, Absolutely. Matt, thank you so much for your time and thanks for being on the podcast with us today.
1: I love it. I love the fact that you do this podcast. Appreciate all the hard work you do as well, Angela. And I love our people, love Bethlehem Church. So wherever you are, you're listening to this, know that we pray for you. Uh, We are for you and we can't wait to see what God continues to do through you.
0: Yes, yes. And that is why we do what we do here. We do this podcast because we love you. We want to get these resources to you in your ears. And we thank you so much for listening to this podcast, tuning in with us for every episode, and uh, we will see you next time.